0: How are you? you am
1: going
0: to see all my pores. <laughs> First of all, no, no, you're looking good. Don't worry about that. First of all, I have to say my, my condolences. England lost.
2: <laughs> Remember, I'm only half English. So I'm
1: only half sad.
2: Ah, uh-uh. <laughs> 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 Lord. <laughs>
0: I like that. I like that. Uh, okay. When you say you're only half English, explain to my listeners and, um, the people that are on board with you. Uh, when you say half English, that's why you're only half sad. Tell them about where you're from originally. Excite. Not where you're from, but originally. It could be like that. Go right ahead. Explain. Tell me about JC Lodge. Well, my
2: Jamaican dad was living in England from the 1950s. And he met an English woman and then I came along. <laughs> and that relationship lasted about three years. And then, um, yeah, and she left the home and I continued on with my J.A. dad. We lived together till I was about 10. And then uh, I think he was having difficulties um, living with a little girl
1: mm. alone. It's that easy.
2: One because that's what we had, just one flat. And so he told me that we were going to go on holiday to to Jamaica. I got very excited about that. He told everybody, my foster family, everybody, Mm. oh, we're going on holiday to Jamaica, lucky them. And then he left me there with his sister and family. And uh, that was a huge trauma for me um, at first. Mm -hmm. But eventually I got used to it and... You know, got to know my family there and, um, carried on my life in Jamaica and spent most of my life there. Well, and that's where I got music.
0: I, I'm gonna question you on that because, um, um, you went to Alpha. Uh, yes, what? I did. Yes. And, um, them days, them said the Alpha girl, them was bossy, you know, them not talk to any, anybody. <laughs> How true was this? <laughs>
2: Well, we had CMA on our little badges, Convent of Mercy Academy, and some people <laughs> used to say it's Catch Man Association. I wasn't one of those. <laughs> I didn't catch anyone, so it was <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> it wasn't you. It wasn't you. No. So, JC, tell me now. Um, let's get serious here now. How did you get to did you? Did you find out, boy, I have a fairly decent voice, while you were going to Alpha R, when you were 10 years old?
2: Yeah, I think it was actually when I was going to Alpha because before that, nobody ever said, you sound all right or anything like that. Um, Yeah, it was at school. I was singing in class and some of my friends would say, somebody has a radio on or something. What's, mm. that, what's that sound? And then when they heard it was me, then I'd start to get requests, sing this song, sing that one. You know, and the teacher would be saying, who's singing in the class? Stop <laughs> that, please. But yeah, and then when we'd have school... Um, you know, presentation, right. they would push me forward. But I was always so shy because I didn't have confidence as a singer at all. I used to like acting mm. and I was more confident with acting. But singing, I just felt, because um my voice was always a falsetto voice, which I learned later on. Um, I used to sing along oh. to a lot of um, R&B uh, soul groups, you know, like Delphonics. And the we All. <laughs> so I I only developed this falsetto voice, and that's what I've stuck with because my natural voice is not very. I don't know. It's a bit harsh, so I use it, right. But I, I flavor, I flavor my false set of voice with my natural. But most people are the other way around. I sing in their natural voice and use a bit of f- false set of flavoring. So I'm a bit reversed in that ah, way. Ah, like the like
0: Russell thing in in the stylistics.
2: Yeah, yes.
0: Yeah. Ah, I yeah. I learned something today. I'm glad <laughs> I learned something because I didn't know that. I thought I was your natural voice, your natural singing voice. Oh,
2: because my natural voice would sound more like how I speak.
0: Ah. Right okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, how did you get into the recording business, and uh, uh, you recorded that song "Someone Loves You, Honey," which created a whole Jamaica. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, that was after I left um, Alpha, or before I left Alpha, I met a guy called Errol. And Errol <laughs> used to love to write.
0: I like that. What did what did you say your badge meant again, that thing on your…
2: catchman Association. So that… Oh, w- yes, I managed to do that. <laughs> 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 yeah. So Errol, yeah, Errol was a writer. He loved to write poems, letters, songs, you name it. Ah. And he told me that he had some songs he'd written and he heard me singing and he said, you sound quite good. You know, you could sing my songs for me and then we could chop them around in the Jamaican music scene and see if anybody would record them, you know. Mm-hmm. This is like 1978 or so. And um so I said, Alright, well let's hear how they go and then he started to sing it to me and I'm like, Oh whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa Um <laughs> You mean da 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 and he's going, No, that's not what I did, I did this and he sang it again and so we had this squabble going on about But you sang that note, but yeah, but I meant this and anyway, finally, you know, through trial and error, we worked out what these melodies were. And the words were very good. And um yeah, I liked the melodies too. Yep. And then to record them, we only had audio cassettes because we were just two poor people. Right. And anyway, in those days, that's what most
0: everybody had audio so cassette. We, trust me. Yeah,
2: yeah. So we had the, we had a little button button, what audio cassette layer. Can I, or two actually?
0: Can I put this song yeah. in the background? So those of you who don't remember, this is what it sounded like. That's what JC's talking about.
2: Well, I'm
1: not talking about that
2: particular song, I'm just talking about Errol's song, oh. yeah, that came along, eventually. Oh! Yeah. So, so, Errol had his original songs, and um that's what we ended up taping on this audio cassette with him banging on the tabletop and <laughs> me putting on some voices on one and then bouncing another, you know, harmonies onto it. So that's what we presented to various people in the Jamaican music scene. right. Eventually, eventually it ended up in, uh, Joe G- at Joe Gibb's studio. Right. This is, um, cutting the, really cutting the story short because it goes on and on and on. <laughs> but, um, you know, eventually it ended up at Joe Gibb's studio and they said that they would listen to it and get back to us and, you know, that we should check in with them. So we used to go every week, Errol and I would take time off from our jobs and go and hang out at Joe Gibb's studio. Right. Where everybody else in Mega seems to be hanging out. Yes. And, um, it took months of doing that till eventually it was our turn and E.T., uh, Errol, um, Errol, Errol Thompson, yes, yes, Joe Gibbs, yes, Gibbs right hand man said to us, is all <laughs> is sing And t- p- um, <I> said, that's <laughs> me. And he said, eh, yeah, what a card, yeah, you know. Oh, Lord. Um, so I thought they were going to use one of those songs. but right. They liked them, but those, a couple of them were later used on my first album which was entitled Someone Loves You, Honey. Mm-hmm. But the very first song they gave me to sing wasn't even Someone Loves You, it was Do That To Me One More Time mm-hmm. by Captain and mm-hmm. And that was only released in the Bahamas. For some reason, I think they were just, they weren't too confident in me and they were just trying it out. Because maybe my voice was a bit different from other people at the time. Anyway, they were happy enough with whatever results that had. And then they presented someone of the honey and said, can you do this for us in reggae? So I gave it a go. I was nervous like what and went in the studio and voiced this tune. And um yeah, then they said, all right, let's not it on the radio. You know, you're going to hear it. And we kept our ears glued to the radio, I tell you.
0: Mm-hmm. So few- How, did so a, How did it feel? How did it feel the first
1: time you heard it?
2: Did it? Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's just like anybody any normal person suddenly hearing their voice on the radio a big shock, you know, an excitement yeah um, it's just not anything I imagined that was going to happen, you know mm-hmm. and so we had three months of listening to the radio and eventually one day there it was, me on the radio my goodness, that's me and uh, then the other big shock was that it became a success and it was
0: a massive, on the huge, charts. huge and then it
2: crossed over into, you know, other West Indian territories overseas and then it became record of the year in the Netherlands and earned a golden platinum disc. But I must mention that Prince Mohammed was on the version that they right. loved, that they loved in the Netherlands. That was what they heard there.
0: But this song and, uh, also brought a lot of problems to Joe Gibbs because uh, uh Charlie yeah, Pride.
2: Because he wasn't not well. Charlie Pride was someone who sang the song as well, like myself. Mm-hmm. But the writer, Don Devini, ah, he um, yeah, his publishing company sued Joe because Joe put, you know, written by Joe Gibbs and the Professionals. Why <laughs> you did that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's what. Maybe he just had a habit of doing that on other records, but this time, you know, it caught it up with him.
0: Because in so, those yeah. days, Jamaican artists did a lot of um, what do you call it Covers. cover music, right?
2: Yeah, and and um, they always used to put on the label "adopted," not a- adapted, you know. Adopted. adopted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yes. he didn't put adopted or adapted he put by joe gibson and a professional so
0: because, they sued him and he went he yeah. i think he had bankrupt if if, if i if yeah. i can remember
1: he
2: declared bankruptcy,
0: yes. meanwhile yeah. the song jc lodge someone loves you honey was still to this day still to this day i was in a party a couple of months or whatever it is our year in in miami and i, I
2: you sound like me you now. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: well, you know, I, I don't get to go there because of this thing that we have in here, but you know, that song still plays. And it still plays yeah, here in Montreal. Yes,
2: people do tell me
0: that. What's the reason yeah. for the longevity?
2: Um Well made. It was a well made record. It was. The rhythm is very well played. You know, so it's a beautiful arrangement in reggae, and um, I, I guess people liked my voice on it. Although I have to say that um, when one of the DJs in Jamaica um, who played it first, she said, um, "And there's the fine sound of Brother J.C. Lodge." <laughs> How'd she come up with brother? How you don't sound brother?
0: nothing like a brother. That, she must I, have been smoking call some station.
2: weed. I called, I called the station and asked to speak to the person. I won't know who it was. And I said, you know, hi, I'm just calling to say this is, um, brother. C. Lodge, and I'm actually <laughs> a girl. <laughs> and she said, well, how was I supposed to know that? Well, so I think what threw them was the initials. They just, they weren't used to a woman using initials for their name.
1: But still, the voice. Oh, that that that,
0: that I I don't way. know who was that radio DJ. That something is wrong with her. So, um, <laughs> the the uh the you you did an album, um, that I'm gonna touch on a little bit called Passion Fruit. Explain that oh, yeah. to me because it has a little funk, a little this, a little that, and what was it? A, a mishmash? That you said? Let's just throw this out there and see what happens. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it was by that time we we had moved relocated to London. Right oh
1: yes. Yes.
2: And um you know, uh I think what happened is that even before we left Jamaica, payola had become a very regular thing. Ah. And we found that it was becoming more and more difficult for productions that we made to be aired. And You know, it's like the radio station became a jukebox. You pay money, then they play it. Mm -hmm. So I think we tried it once out of desperation and it was not affordable and it it just wasn't worth it. So we didn't keep that up. So I wasn't being played as much as usual. And coming to London at the time that we did was not really a great time for us musically because reggae had already peaked here. You know, Mm. there was a... Really great period of for, for reggae here in in the UK when it was being played by mainstream radio and you know lots of Jamaican artists made it to the top of the pops and things mm, like that you know mm-hmm. people could really yes, you
0: I did too didn't you you, eh? you did to the top of the pops no no nope I'm surprised
2: nope. Someone Let You Honey was uh, was released here and Telephone Love they right. did well in the ethnic market I think. Telephone love may have made it to the bottom of the top one hundred, but nowhere nowhere high because it wasn't being promoted we you know we were in Jamaica at the time, so no promotion was going on but but anyway, as I was saying, you know when we came here, reggae was like a has been almost you know wow. not, nothing like how it was in the in its heyday, so you know radio play well, there was no mainstream radio play for reggae when we arrived in two thousand and one um or maybe there was like one remaining, I think it was Choice FM, hung on for a bit. And then eventually that, that stopped as well. Even so, now? You know, you might have a, e- yeah, I think there might be a graveyard shift. Somebody has a graveyard shift. <laughs> <laughs> to oh my God. Play for reggae, you know, so if you really love it, you stay up and listen, but otherwise most people wouldn't be hearing that. And then you have a lot of pirate stations, which is oh, small, yeah. small communities, you know? Right. But right. then you you can't, you can't build anything out of that because everybody's listening to something else. and you know people just play what they like mm-hmm. so yeah in terms of promotion it's very tricky so errol decided oh the person i mentioned as errol earlier it has been my husband for um well he's my, he's been my husband for 32 years right <laughs> and we've been and we've been together for 42 ah so yeah
0: something something <laughs> anyway. good is there for sure something good is there
2: yeah so anyway, he said, um, why don't we come up with an album of music that we sort of target more towards the dance market? Because then maybe people, DJs, will pick it up for clubs and stuff like that. And we, don't, we wouldn't be so dependent on radio. That was the concept behind Fashion Fruit. So Errol came up with a lot of the tracks. We met an English guy by the name of JA13. He contributed some because he had a nice... um." Like a a Reggaeton flavor To his tracks And we were interested in doing Experimenting with some of those rhythms Mm -hmm. So that's what that That's what prompted that album And uh, I wrote all the the songs for that Did it? um, it, It's only been released It's only available on download We haven't got any hard copies
0: Okay So did anything happen with it so far?
2: No because we haven't got any links To any Um record companies or anything. We're just sort of working in the wings and doing what we love and trying to get as much exposure as possible without funding and just taking each day as it comes, you know?
0: This is the title song. This is Passion Fruit.
2: Speak the truth, it's
3: <laughs> the proof you love good. That's the root to my fruit honey.
0: One thing I must say about British recording and uh, ever since I was in Jamaica is the cleanness, the clearness, the weightiness of the bass and the highs are also very clean. And I, I love that, to be honest with you. The, 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 I love the sound of this album. I'm not a crazy. I, I won't be lied to you until you I'm crazy about it because, you know, yeah. I, I'm I'm into my reggae and so forth, and I'm into Gramps yeah. Morgan and I'm into this one and that one, you know. Uh, but it sounds real nice, if I may say so. I, who who did the I saw recording? In our home you, you did that at home? home, no, home I'm yeah,
1: I'm, I, no, I'm jealous.
0: No, I'm jealous. Oh, A. Thirteen
2: did in his studio. His studio is also home studio.
0: Oh, that's nice. I I know that Why I hear Jamaican that I I, I got to listen better. Let me play another one so, that I, I, I like just
2: clean and professional, you yeah? We have some wicked studios and engineers in Jamaica.
0: No, yes, like Ghost Clark and oh, his crew. Yes. Yeah, Ghost Clark, yeah. I always loved his um his his music. And uh it's yeah. um he he's the one who did Telephone Love, right? Yes, yes. 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 Uh, how did Telephone Love work out in England? I, I'm kind of surprised just hearing, you know. Yeah,
2: I got an award. I think it was of a BBC Award for Telephone Love. But I remember at the time when it was buzzing here, we were living in Jamaica and my dad was here because he never left England in the 50s. I mean, he travels but he always lived here Mm -hmm. and he was you know when we spoke he would say but you need to be here you know this record is happening and you're not here to support it and and I'm saying but dad we live in Jamaica and you know I've got things here Errol has business here you know we do our little tours and stuff to the states or wherever you know we weren't ready to be coming to England and, and funding that ourselves and that's just how it worked out so as I said there was no promotion really
0: after after how many years in Jamaica? Ten, seventeen years, fifteen.
2: How long? We, how long we lived in Jamaica? Yeah, thirty-three.
0: You long lived there life. for thirty-three years.
2: Yeah, man. What? Thirty-three years.
0: How was it coming back years. to uh, London? Coming, you live in London, right? Yeah. How was another it coming big, back to London?
2: Another big shock. Another <laughs> culture shock. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> to try and get used to the way of life here again, you know? Wow. Because, I mean, when I left here, I was 10. Right. So coming back is like a whole new world and trying to fit in and, yeah, there are people asking you, oh, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I just tell them Jamaica, you know, because that explains why I don't sound like they do. Although it's a Jamaican, but when I was living in Jamaica, they used to call me English.
1: Yeah, right, English.
0: right. Wagwan well, English. <laughs>
1: you know?
2: Yes. Yes,
0: yes. Oh, where are you from? Um JC, I want you to talk with my young partner. He's hiding. I don't know where he disappeared to, but I'm gonna get him. Because I like when oh there he Mm -hmm. is. I this is Drew. He controls that this section. There's Nicholas. Nicholas is somewhere, he's my DJ. Drew is my technical partner with the the Zoom. Mm -hmm. And my co-host, she's hiding on the bed because somebody's on the air, bed, as good looking as she is. So her name is Faith. <laughs> no, no, I'm only joking, but she, she's, she's with us somewhere. And this is my yeah. team of West yes. Indian rhythms. So Drew. Yes.
2: I met Drew, but I haven't met the others.
0: No, well, they don't want to go. It's only, um, they the, the DJ, he's very shy. Excellent DJ on the wheels of steel. But shy? Yeah, if I if you come if Drew brings him on there you now and say, ask JC a question. Huh? <laughs> but he's a good DJ. I love him. My my other partner here, Mr. Drew. Drew, you have anything you wanna ask JC? <laughs>
4: yeah, hi JC.
1: How are you
2: doing? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm okay What happened to you You have COVID uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not
4: today's society If you cough Or you sneeze yep. you
1: have COVID
4: Yeah I know. Yep. So we all know You yeah. had your, your success With uh uh. Someone Loves You Honey You know what I mean and you went on You went on from that track And you had a massive Track with uh, Lindo, Lindo Willie Lindo That you produced For L- Willie Lindo Can you tell us a little bit About that track
2: are you talking about make it up to you? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, make it up to
2: you. Yeah. Well, um, so after we left Joe Gibbs because we found him quite unfair, you know, but he was a fatherly figure. You know, he was all right to talk to, gentle, soft-spoken, but as I say, not, not very fair in the uh, monetary department. I heard <laughs> so about that. Yeah. And so while working with him, we would met Willie, of course, and Willie was very talented and, you know, a great producer, great guitarist, songwriter. And so we were interested in working with him. And and so we we worked on a project together called, um, that album was called Revealed. And Willie and Errol both um, wrote Make It Up To You, Mm. which also went to number one in Jamaica, but it wasn't as big as um, Someone Loves You, Honey. But people loved it still, you know? So, yeah.
0: You know, um, sorry, Drew. Uh, sorry, cutting across your thoughts because, you know, um, when you, when you mentioned Joe Gibbs, I didn't want to mention it before because I know he had, he had a problem with money paying artists. Mm-hmm. And Willie Linda is the original guitarist for me in a band we were in Maypen called Viscounts. This is long after I guess you left Jamaica. And he was oh, your. Were
2: in a band with
0: him? Yes, called Viscounts. V I S E O U N T S. I sang. Not as good oh as J.C. Lodge, right? But. Yeah, oh yeah.
1: Okay,
0: cool. Uh, one of these days I'm going to sing for you. And we're going to hide Errol.
2: Why have to hide him? No,
0: just kidding. He's a songwriter. He might laugh at me. But <laughs> no, we're going to meet Errol before this uh, thing is over. Go ahead, Drew. Sorry about Hi. that. But I just he's wanted. Hiding. Yeah, I know he's there hiding. Errol, when you, you are going to pull him out. Yeah, go ahead, okay. Drew.
4: Yeah, who's, who's some of the other producers that you work with?
2: Um, so let's see. Uh, well, as you mentioned, Gussie came along sometime after that. Um, I've worked with so many different, I've done, I've done a couple of things for Germain. Ah. I worked with a, guy, a couple of tracks for Top Rankin, for Fat Eyes. Um, Bata was an engineer that was working at Mixing Lab and he got into production. So we did some work with him. Um, but there are quite a few, I'm not remembering everybody right now. Who else have I done? You I did
0: something before. with him a- When we came through. Mad Professor, did okay.
2: you? Mad Professor? Yes, yes, definitely. Mad Professor Ariwa. Yes, we came to England one year to work with him on an album. Yes. And um, and there were quite a few other producers here who have done, you know, one or two songs with not, not full album projects.
1: Ah, uh.
0: um, you know um I I want to ask you right now what is happening in the reggae vein in um good old England I always thought it was feasible is it because everybody said they want to go to England to do the show do the show and that show to do what to to do yeah. shows you know to do shows in um in England I always got the impression but that it was luck
2: with that right now but, um, is,
0: it yeah, the, you- uh, is it because of the is it because of the um the covid or
2: Well, obviously now everybody is everything is kind of, um, bit sensitive, you know, at the moment. But even before COVID, I mean, I live here, and how many shows do I get here a year? You know, if it before long before COVID, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple, three, four at the most. That's that's how it is really for me. Wow. Um, but for my case might be different because I. I'm an un- I'm in an unusual situation in that although I was born here, mm-hmm. I'm seen as a Jamaican act, wow. Jamaican artist. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a lovers rock artist, even though people say I sing lovers rock. I don't regard myself as a lovers rock artist.
1: But
2: mm. Most of the songs I do are well, my whole my whole career was created in Jamaica. Jamaicans right. don't make lovers rock right. as such, you know. We make reggae
0: one last question oh, but, uh, so i can give
1: drew so do, sorry okay go ahead sorry I didn't quite sorry, sorry.
2: So i was trying to say that there are there's a, a sort of a clique of lovers rock artists here oh. in london and because they've been here from ever since they've built up their they have a fan base so for them yes they can do shows on a regular basis and they'll, they'll have a following but i haven't developed that following because. I wasn't here most of the time, you know? All right. That's my situation, which is a bit unique. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm going to change the subject and I'm going to lose Drew here, but he has to listen to this one. You have a daughter with a massive voice. Tell us about her.
2: Oh, yeah. Gia. Yes. Gia has been singing from she was about three. Mm. And um, she loves every aspect of music. She's, you know, well exposed to all the different genres. She loves reggae uh, But having lived in England uh, She's I think she's leaned more Towards the hip-hop, R&B Soul that's okay. side. Mm-hmm. So that's where her heart Lies at the moment And she writes very well She has um, quite a few Original tracks that she's worked with Different musicians on And uh, we're, we have Big hopes for her But at the moment she's quite involved in a cabaret
1: Oh, that
2: she does nice. on a regular basis. Nice, and that takes up most of her time. And she says, "Well, mom and dad, I've got to work. I've got to earn to, you know, pay my bills and all that." And we're saying, "Yeah, yeah, of course, but don't leave your your original music behind. You know, you need to be on that as well." So this is the ongoing battle we're having at the moment, <laughs> you know, because we know how important this is to uh, yes. you know develop your original stuff. Been there. I mean. I mean, I'm somebody that has written a lot of original material, but most of it has never been heard mm-hmm. because it's buried on albums and most people don't listen to albums. Yeah. They will listen to a single that's being pushed. Right, so basically right. when people say to me, oh, JC, I love your song, if they're talking about someone loves you, honey, and telephone love, maybe make it up to you mm-hmm. more than I can say. So but true. But the vast majority of the stuff that I have sung is my original <laughs> material, but most people don't know it. At all, you know? So that's a frustration for me. But it's something I'm still working on. I'm still here alive and kicking and working towards okay. being recognized, not just as a singer, but also as a songwriter.
0: All right. The the young guy, you notice how I said the young guy, he has another question for you, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sure.
4: Actually, the question, she just answered the question that I was going to ask her because I was going to ask her as a songwriter and working with those producers that want you to do all those cover tracks. How did it feel? You know what I mean? No yeah. I mean, but, your husband is a writer and you're a writer. You know what I mean? Yes. But yeah, you're not really yes. getting your original material out here.
2: You Like the
4: way you That's would like it. it.
2: That's it. This has always been a frustration. I mean, in the very beginning, as I said, I didn't have my mind on a career in music as such. So we didn't really have a clear plan. But once we got the hang of how things worked and, you know, Errol had his original songs and then along the way I wasn't writing at that time but what developed my writing skills was I think Errol's songs which were very well written opened my eyes to songwriting first and then also being presented with other people's songs to sing. Um, Sometimes I you know even original Jamaican writers I mean I would think you know yeah there's something there but it's just not at the level that i would be singing a song at you know i mean i've had a high school education in jamaica then here i've done a a, a degree in in teaching so you know there's a certain level that you can work at and then you wouldn't want to go beyond below that level and that's what i was finding a, a lot i was getting songs that just didn't seem to be where I should be you know so that's what made me think I can do better than this and then I got into the writing and I've been doing more and more of that as time has gone by but as Drew said in Jamaica not everybody was interested in hearing um, you know an original song from an artist Mm they rather give you it's easier for them to you know, they think they—they think they're taking a risk, and it's a lower risk they felt if they're giving you a song that's already been a hit. You know, they're sure about that people like it already. Yeah, let's go with this. You know, so I think that's what it was.
4: Yeah, and also like you had a—you had a massive hit. Telephone Love was originally done by you, and then they did the remix with Shaba, and that was picked yeah. up by, by an American label, Tommy Boy. You know I mean could you tell yeah. us about that Telephone Love experience and working with the Tommy Boy label?
2: Yeah, so Tommy um Tommy Boy came into the picture because Telephone Love was being distributed by a company called Powell and it's it was being it was doing fairly well and I think they couldn't quite handle the distribution. You know I think Gussie felt that it you know there was much more demand than they could supply. And so we were listening out for another, a bigger company that could handle it better, have a wider distribution. And then with Tommy Boy expressed an interest and we had a meeting with them. It was Gussie, Errol and myself. And eventually we managed to work out a deal with Tommy Boy where they just ended up with Errol and, and I because we felt that we could supply what they needed with our, with our Gussie. So, um, you know, that's how that went. But... There was a guy working there, he was the A&R manager and he was the one that was most keen on having me in the company and he had some kind of a vision of how he was going to deal with me, how I was going to be marketed. And then unfortunately he got pulled away to, I think it was Maverick, Madonna's label. So he he left the company and we were left feeling a little bit stranded after that because we didn't feel like we had any particular bond with anybody else there. And so we were only with them for a year. Before the year was up, we asked if we could be released because we just didn't see where it was going, you know. I was doing a lot of shows, PA shows, that means just singing to tracks in, like, middle America to some, you know, white people in in small clubs. I wasn't being paid. Granted, they paid our airfare and, you know, accommodation, but we weren't actually earning, and it was just going on and on and on. I just didn't see how it was building... To take me any further, so we asked for the release, and that was it. But at least out of that, I had some original songs on that album for Tommy Boy, and Home Is Where the Heart Is is one of my originals, which was an R&B ballad, mm-hmm. and they released that after Telephone Love, and it went as far as forty-five on the R&B chart. Um, could have gone further, I guess, if we'd stayed, but that's as far as it got.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I know that you also did um, You had
4: a sing-along project in Jamaica Something that you did after uh, the something sober, you did.
2: Yeah,
4: yeah. Can you tell us about that one?
2: How come you know all these things? You've been reading my bio
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes, he has yeah. to
0: He's learning how you to do know, the so tricks You gotta do your research, right?
2: Yes, that's true, that's true yeah, so uh, it was actually having our daughter that inspired um, me writing children's serial because by then, as, as I said, I got very keen on writing and having her and having to teach her so many different things all at once and finding it a bit difficult. I'd I just come up, make up these little songs and Errol said to me, but hold on, these songs are sounding quite good, you know, I'm sure we could, you know, other parents would appreciate them. So eventually we started to package them, and we ended up with three audio cassettes for different ages up to age 10. And uh, we were selling those through music shops and pharmacies and things like that. And eventually word got to the Ministry of Education in Jamaica. And the the minister at the time approached us and said, you know, he'd like to put these songs, these cassettes, in every basic school on the island. And wow, that was such an honor, you know, Mm -hmm. and such encouragement for me. As a as a writer, so um, and then that led to CBJ approaching us to do a children's television series. So we did a thirteen part children's series, which was all educational, uh, but fun and using my songs in each episode.
4: That's that's really nice. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: And, uh, okay. Yeah. So I see that. You know I mean? In your career, there's been a lot of ups and downs.
1: Yes. Yeah.
4: If you had to rewind the hands of time, what would you do differently?
0: Question by your Yowen. Uh,
2: well, you know, when, when we ended up in the Netherlands and I was having that success there with um, someone loves you honey, with Prince Mohammed on the, on the track, uh, they had somebody, a, a promoter had asked, you know, if I'd be interested in doing some shows. And I tell you, I was so shy and nervous at the time, and felt so inexperienced, which I was. I was totally inexperienced um, as being a performer. I said, "Can I do as little shows as possible, please?" And, and <laughs> I just think, if I could go back in time and kick that girl up her butt, <laughs> I would. You know, because I should have stayed there and milked that. Tea,
1: yes. You know? And
2: tried yeah. to do a, maybe do another project with somebody there so that you know being on the spot you know they've got all the links and stuff I think it's something more could have come out of that but you know I ended up doing just a few shows and <laughs> that was it and we went back to Jamaica and things kind of petered out after a while you know so yeah
4: so now now you're in the business for 41 years what keeps you going
2: yeah what keeps me going? Hope, you know, I still have hope that I can have more success and, you know, I, I know that I have fans out there, people who have supported me all along and I want to keep pleasing them and, and earn new fans. I mean, there's no point having a skill at something if people are not able to appreciate it otherwise you know what's what's the point of having it so that's that's what keeps me going keeping keeping on trying to create something and get the exposure for it so that people can hear it and and enjoy it and you know be educated by it if it's something educational but enjoy it if it's just something Just artistic, you know.
4: It's it's amazing that after all of these years, your voice is still the same. I have a a track from you that was released lately.
2: Uh, Yeah. You mean Over? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's that's my leg. (laughs) We both gave it our best try.
3: No one's right.
0: Let out, June.
3: hasn't changed. Day, we don't see the same way. We're
2: two,
4: us, when we're of a So Jay Z tell us tell us about that track.
2: Yes, that track. I'm very excited about that because that's my latest release on the Lion Music label. And um, Lion King music, I should say. And it's a Lion bass production. Um, He's somebody that we have known for years. You know, he's a sound man, Ah. but he's also a producer, uh, lives in New York. And, you know, through the years we've kept in touch and, you know, he's he's given us quite a few dub plates to do because that's quite a, a business now as well. And um, just recently, he said, oh, I have, a, I have a track I'd love you to you know, sing on. And I said, all right, let's hear it now. And he gave me this track. And I listened to it and I thought, wow, this is a sweet rhythm. I said, but I've, I'm sure I've got a song that I wrote years ago that I think would really suit it. And I dug up this song that I'd done to somebody else who just, I gave it to the person. They gave me some small advance, but did nothing with it. And so... I tried this track on it and I remember Earl saying to me, oh, but why are you going with that old song? Why didn't you come up with something completely fresh? And I said to him, but this is completely fresh. Nobody has heard it. Yeah, right, it's right. brand new to everybody's ears. So, and it, it fits it. So anyway, we submitted it to Faye and Faye said, yeah, man, love it. Love it. Love it. And um it's been doing pretty well. And in fact, it's been doing better than anything else that I've done in recent memory. <laughs> so, you know, I'm excited about things coming out of that. And, uh, yeah. we have to try and do another video. We did a lyric video for it, but, um, Faye says he wants us to do a, a different video. So we have to try and come up with that for this track. And, uh, very pleased with the rhythm. The guys that played it did a good job. The whole project, um, is, there's something for everybody in, in the project because there are several artists on that rhythm. We've got Maxi Priest, you know, Marie Koch, Gappy Ranks and you know several other people um White mice I I can't remember everybody else <laughs> White but mice? you probably have it there.
0: Um uh, Jessie, uh, J-
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um I, I you've been talking about Errol every second breath. Now, I know Errol. I've had I've had the, <laughs> <laughs> the pleasure of meeting Errol the the songwriter the the, the, the husband of JC Lodge. You want to introduce yeah. him to let us see him on Zoom if he's not hiding. Come on, Errol. Come from under the table. You might have to put on some makeup. <laughs> <laughs> no, Errol doesn't wear any makeup. Uh, get him there. Yeah, this, this is our husband. Then go, don't go anywhere without, without the other. And, uh, we're running out of time. So we want to meet him and, um. Yes. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh,
3: uh-oh. Well, it's time for goodbye. We both gave it our best
1: try. No one's right. Where,
0: where is he going again?
3: We just <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello, Errol. Uh, you put on the makeup?
5: No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. You know, I don't put on all the proper shirts and, you know, put on my wig and everything. <laughs> 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 but you know, I was going to be on TV. <laughs> uh, Errol, how are
0: you doing, my brother? Long time no see.
5: Oh, well, a long, long time, man, long time. But we don't forget. It, it seemed like yesterday, still. I know, um, I oh, know. Oh, it
0: was Montreal. Montreal is waiting on you guys. As soon as this thing dies down, we will work out something. Oh. Now, my question yeah. to you: What is it like married to a song? A songstress <laughs> like J C Lodge? What, what, what does it take um to survive a marriage with a beautiful woman <laughs> with a beautiful voice? <laughs>
5: It depends on who's who's doing the surviving. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I mean, you know, you know I, I don't know you know marriage is a two-way street. True, true. The, the key to it is, I suppose, to make sure you're both going in the same direction at the same time,
1: mm-hmm.
5: yeah, or at least some of the time.
0: You yeah. know, I didn't know you were as a, a, a songwriter and arranger and all uh, them things.
5: That's how we started out, and we've been doing more of it. Um, you know, I've produced four of JC's albums and mm-hmm. um, written a number, a fair number of songs. We're still at it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, nice. our last album I produced that and we're working on some tunes right now, as a matter of fact.
0: But you must send me the Always. music and send the Drew the music so we can play the music.
5: Yeah, man. Yeah. As soon as we're, we're going to kind of drip them out because, <laughs> you know, the way the world has changed now and the way the, way the business has changed.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Beforehand, you put out an album and, you know, now it's like you have to do single, 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 and yes, then kind of yes, really yeah. promote and push that one and then move on to the next one. You can't distract people. Yeah. you put all the resources behind one thing. You know,
2: when you listen to like dance, dance hall and stuff. They're touching a tune for two minutes or even a minute and mm-hmm. moving to the next, you know? Yeah. How do you listen to a, a, an arrangement of a song anymore like that? Well, I that's true. That.
0: That's true. Um, I, I only have one more minute for you, okay? Uh, okay. okay. I, I, well, don't waste
5: it on me. <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no. Jesse, you have three more minutes and you have one. I, I'm just oh, fooling yeah, out.
5: Okay, okay, okay. Make it a good one
0: then. Yes, <laughs> um... So what's in the future for you guys where music is concerned? Because you have a daughter that has a voice. And by the way, and JC, JC, your music in Japan is doing good. Trust me. I spoke to one guy there and um, he was telling me that. Just now he was texting me about that. And he's been to Japan. The, this new one you did and uh, one of the old ones doing good in Japan. So check out that market. You guys should check out that market. Oh, that's,
5: that's, that's good to hear. We went there like eight times, but I guess it's oh, time to go back. <laughs> I think
0: so too. You should call that promoter. All right. So well,
5: I, I don't, I, I don't have to let in anybody now.
0: <laughs> not no. not right now. When this thing is finished, when this thing has died on. So Errol, it's nice seeing you. Looking forward to seeing you guys. And um, I'm gonna turn Great. JC Lodge back to Drew. He yep, has a question for, for everything. Yeah. You're welcome, my brother. Um, go ahead, Drew. Before J.C. Lodge runs away, because um, we don't have much time left. Uh, what time? Is- oh, yeah, three more minutes. Well,
4: Stretch- well you know, Stretch. I always got to ask the Drew's favorite questions. You know, what I mean, who is J.C. Lodge away from the microphone, the everyday person?
2: Um. Well, as I mentioned briefly, I teach part time. I teach primary mm-hmm. school here in England, so I, I like working with kids. The ones that can listen well and behave alright. <laughs> uh what else do so, and I love to create things. So at the moment I'm I enjoy making jewelry. Um I love songwriting, as I've said. And I like to read and sew. You know? Mm. Those are the main things I right? those are the main things I enjoy. I love um nature.
4: uh, I know know you did, um, I know you did backup for a lot of popular reggae artists. Can you just like name a few and tell us who is some of your favorite ones that you
2: work, work with? Oh, well, um, Maxi Priest always comes to mind because we worked on the entire album doing harmonies and I loved every one of those tracks. In fact, Maxi Priest is one of my favorite Jamaican artists. I love his voice. Um, I've also worked on quite a few artists from out of Gus's stable, you know, like Gregory and Cooker T and people like that, you know, we used to do a lot of harmonies back in the day. I say we, because it was usually Pam Hall, myself, Mm. Nadine Sutherland, Mm. sometimes Cynthia Sloss, you know, but usually Pam, Nadine and I, um, so yeah, there are many artists, uh, some for Ras Records, because we used to work with Ras Records quite a bit as well. Oh, the Washington. Gary. Yes, Gary Himmelfarb, Dr. Dread. We did a lot of work with him, and I'm eternally grateful for all the albums that he invested in that allowed us to, you know, develop our creativity.
0: Speaking. Um, Speaking of RAS Records uh, in Washington D.C., yes. sorry to cut across to you, but if I don't get yes. this in, I will. I won't. I won't be here in the end of it. Um, oh. My brother Tony Carr, in Washington D.C. texts me to remind you that someone loves yes, you, pick honey. Pick up
2: Tony. Pick up Tony.
0: <laughs> someone loves you, yes. honey. Was played by him the first time in United States of America. I don't know how he keeps. Yes, but
2: right. I, I think he did tell us that. It's yes, true. So thank you so much
0: to Tony. Mm. Yes. Um, well, uh, uh, Tony, I did your job, right? JC, <laughs> JC, <Jesse, laughs> we gotta, we gotta wrap it up. It's, uh, five, five yeah. ten minutes, seven minutes to the hour. Uh, any famous last words? Direct them at the young guy, you know, because my days is, uh, <clears throat> not over, but it's trailing out. Direct it to the <laughs> young guys. What they should do and what they shouldn't do. Who's the
2: they? Other artists? And
0: other artists and other young DJs like the one you're talking to here now, Drew.
2: What they should and shouldn't do. Well, you know, I long for a world where DJs aim at high quality, high standards. Um, you know, speak well on the radio because I, as I've mentioned on other interviews, I have sp- spoken with many DJs that I wonder how they have this job. They must be just doing it. Maybe they fund it themselves or something, because I can't imagine how they've reached to that point, you know, the way they speak. They they don't have any mastery of a language. Um, And this payola thing, really, really, a lot of artists suffer because of it, you know? And it projects just like a very one-dimensional aspect of of Jamaican music Mm -hmm. when people pay, because a lot of the time the people that can afford to do the paying are those that have have other means of income, which may not be nine to five jobs. You know, I won't say more, but you know. So the the quality of the music is not what it should be. And then there are people who are who are you know dedicating their lives to creating quality products that they've invested time and effort in, and you know spent money on great musicians and arranger doing good arrangements and production and they're overlooked so i long for the day again when good music is appreciated and and exposed and not so much of the stuff that's not really good it's just um hyped up
0: thank you jc lodge thank you. you have something you want to ask quick no well all said, right
4: well said that's it
0: well said well <laughs> said and um we're looking forward to having you here in the new year i hope uh, by then everything will have died down a little bit how is the covid that in would london be great. yeah how is the covid in london
2: it's um it's spiking again wow. but because many people have had uh, both jabs they feedback we're getting is that the reactions are not as severe as they had been prior to vaccines. Mm-hmm. So you don't have as many people going into hospital or they're not suffering as badly as they were before. But on the, on the other hand, there are still people dying from COVID. So it's not a joking matter. And I have to say there are so many of my brothers and sisters in the music business. That believe that it, either it doesn't exist really, mm-hmm. or you mm-hmm. know, it's mm-hmm. that the vaccine is something that's going to be harmful to them, and it's to check up on their movements and all kind of weird ideas they have going around on WhatsApp, and it's really frustrating that people are so swayed by you know ignorance. Nonsense. Yeah, it is ignorance, but they they buy it; they really yeah. buy into it. So there are lots of my black brothers and sisters who refuse to have a jab because they think it's something they think their car key is
0: or, gonna stick to their know, forehead
2: harm them in some way mm-hmm. very sad so thank we have you back to come back as well you know
0: thank you jc Lodge. i hope we get to do this again in the years to come and um, yes i hope so stretch w- would love hope to you see
2: continue you to keep well
0: Yes, you too and the family. You're looking well anyway. You and your hobby. And um, as soon as the daughter breaks out, we need to get her here because I can get her on the station. Uh, We have a lot of hip-hop programs here. So we would love, so we could brag a little bit. Oh, we know her, right, Drew? We could brag. We could could
4: actually be like Tony Karen saying we're the first that played her daughter. Right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes.
2: Yeah. I That'd thank you good. guys,
0: and um, we have to wrap it up. We have six more minutes to go, and I thank you very yes. much, JC Lodge. Well, I thank you very much
2: for this opportunity. Y- Stretch, you know, totally been welcome. Yes. a talking with both of you. Yes. And you know, more power to you. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep well.
0: All right. And, and to Mr. Errol.
2: We'll talk
0: again another time. Tell her, Errol must write me a song. Only about mangoes. Nothing more than about mangoes, how I love mangoes. I'm only joking, Errol. Don't take me serious. But it's nice. You know, it's,
5: it's funny. You know, it's you know funny. I just saw somebody, a friend, actually um, Alethea, who is um, JC's cousin, mm-hmm. just post a picture of some black mangoes. Oh, salad. God. I
0: was only joking. I'm a, a addicted to mangoes, you know. Shut up. Don't say anything more about mangoes. <laughs> or else I'll have to go look for your cousin. Where she lives, in London, England?
2: No, she's back in Jamaica now.
0: Oh, okay. I, well, I'm going down there tomorrow.
2: Back-a-yard.
0: Yes, yeah. Bacayad. Thank you, folks. I'm going solid.
2: That's a new one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Enjoy this. I love this. Thank you very much.
1: Yes. JC? Thank
2: you, too. All right. Yes. Stretch, Andrew. Thank you. Good night. Bye bye.
1: Goodbye.